Hey there, you are listening to Pushing It, where we talk about all things pregnancy, birth, and life with a new baby. Because if you can't laugh without peeing yourself, you might as well laugh at yourself while doing it. I'm Elise McAllister, who is recently in from Thailand, and I'm Jen Laird. Can I just tell you how happy I am to not be peeing myself without toilet paper? That is, yes, I hear you. It wasn't until I traveled to Thailand that I have come to love toilet paper so very much. I didn't know how much I was going to miss it. So tell me... um, I've traveled the globe, and it's a little different everywhere. Remind me, it's been a long time since I've been in Thailand. So what's the process here? You go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there toilet paper? Well, okay, so here's the process. Sometimes you walk into the bathroom, and there's, like, a toilet paper roll near the sinks where you can get... What you what you imagine that you're gonna need? So gotcha. you better you better have a good guess. Oh, because you you gotta be thinking what's gonna happen in right. there. Right. So okay. you you better be thinking ahead. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yep. I hear you. Right. <laughs> be a planner. Um. And then if you're be flexible. Be flexible. But be a planner. But be a planner. And then if you're me, you just hope. That the one that comes available is not the squatting one, it's the sitting one. That's the best way to, number two, is on that squatty. No, I'm not that good at my squats. We're not talking squatty potty. We're talking straight up, stand up on top of it and squat down. But I'm not that good with my squats. Yeah. No, I I mean, there's not even like a bar to hang on to. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So so you you get the sitter. And then there's the shared bidet. That's oh. that's what you get. So you may or may not have toilet paper, but there is the bidet. Oh, there's it, always the bidet. Well, no. Yeah. There is not always. The so bidet. there might be some drip and drying. There have been a couple times where there has been the bidet that did not spray in the direction that I thought it was gonna spray, oh. and it sprays the other way, and or oh. you're like, I gotta test the pressure, and then it sprays you in a different. I had bad experiences with them. I mean, oh. in the safety of my friend's home, I really, I'm a, I'm a fan of the bidet, and I think I'd like to get a bidet. Yeah, this feels very vulnerable right now. I feel like I'm really sharing a lot about bidets. This, um, this kind of goes along with our topic today, <laughs> right? Which, Which is modesty, and it, you know, because really you just got real unmodest with us. And I'm not a modest person, uh, obviously. And if you've ever listened to another episode of our show, you know that I am not. Um, we're going to talk about the three. But you're tiers not of like a walking around half naked all the time. No, but I will tell you, um, on the beaches. In, so we started in Chiang Mai, we started in northern Thailand, and then we went to the islands in southern Thailand. And um, northern Thailand is pretty modest, and for me, I was one of the more um, less covered people there. Because so we're I'm talking like, oh, man, sleeveless shirts and shorts. Right. Yeah. I was, you know, it was Songkran, which is like a big water festival. It's also a holiday. Um, and so it's, I'm hot. And wet, so I'm in tank tops and shorts. But by the time you move to the southern beaches, sure, people are in like the European bikinis, and oh. I am definitely the most covered in a bathing suit. Yeah, because my butt is covered. So gotcha. Yeah. So I got to like 
we're going to break down modesty into three tiers. And I got to discover all the tiers of modesty, which I am not typically a very modest person. Okay, modesty. Now on that topic, let's talk about modesty. Today's show is Modesty Revealed. So Sounds very dramatic. Yeah, it does. So here's what we're wanting to talk about is we get a lot of comments from folks who are like, I had no idea this this was going to happen in labor. Um, just this week, I can think of a couple of comments off the top of my head that I've heard people say, one of which was, I didn't know I'd be shaking so much, meaning that your like body is shaking. Often that has to do with hormones coursing through your body and also adrenaline. And um, so that shaking is a super normal part of labor. What's another one you've heard this week of like, I didn't know that was going to happen in labor. Like for modesty, I think, you know, just to having change of shift with hospital staff gotcha. during pushing, that can be a bit surprising. So yeah. that's a big one. Yeah. Thinking yeah. that you're going to have um, this person walks in and you're like doing your labor thing, but it's a new provider. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Absolutely. So we decided to break it down into three tiers of modesty because um, these are exclusive to pushing a podcast here, you know, <laughs> only for you guys. So so when you say tiers, let's refine this. Yeah. That we're I, not saying that there's like the stages of and here's the best one. This is not a competition. No, right? no, no, no. This there, is there's not. There's just three tiers. That's so you, you might fit and land into one of these types of modesty groups. Yeah, the, I like that. Sorry, can I change your, your podcast You don't want tier? it to be tiers? You want it to be tiers groups? Tiers is like, oh, you're the low tier, the middle tier, the high tier. What about having a group? Okay. It Thank can be a club. You. I don't care. Club. Oh, I like it. Let's call it modesty the club. The modesty club. Okay. okay. Which is the first club? The first club would be the staying dressed and wanting a lap club cover over your your lap while pushing or having your cervix check club. Okay. So keep me covered all the time. And that club would probably want everybody out of the bathroom while going to the bathroom. Can I identify myself as being in, in that this club? club? Okay. As I think about my birds, totally in this club. Okay. I was wearing the, the shirt on top that was mine. And um, once I started pushing and stuff, I didn't have pants on. But until... Did you have a lap cover? Let's see. For vaginal exams, yep. But for pushing? Uh, for pushing at the beginning, yes. Can we talk about a lap cover for a minute? So uh-huh. what is a lap cover? A lap cover is a blanket or... Towel. Towel or, or cloth. sheet. That essentially goes over your lap so that you can't see your own vagina. Well, yep. I mean, you can't anyways. But it's to give you the feeling that nobody else can see. Yeah. But it really, you're not seeing. Um, other people can see because they need to be able to do their job, right? So it's kind of from your knees up to like probably the middle of your belly. But sometimes it's a little bit higher. Sometimes mid thigh or yeah. higher too. Yeah, mid thigh and higher um, across your belly typically. And then um, so it's unlike like a security blanket in a sense, like yeah. it gives a sense of security of like I feel a bit less exposed, even though what is shown is generally about the same. So when I think about being at home on your bed naked, that happens, right? In a room with other people, 
that would be weird for some folks. Yeah. And so if they feel better about having that middle part of them covered. Yeah. So it gives you the sense of, um, I'm not just laying here exposed and naked. Yeah. It's really about giving you a sense of security and feeling less vulnerable. Here's also an insider tip. Ooh. You can't see your cervix. So when <laughs> you had me pause there for a second, like I was thinking that. No, I know you know, but I'm telling everybody else. So when a provider does a vaginal exam, they're not looking. They're not looking for your cervix. So In essentially, fact, they don't even need the blanket to be like up. up at all, because essentially, when they do an, a vaginal exam, they gotta see to get into the right area. Right. You Meaning, want them to make sure they're getting in the right. You area. don't want them fumbling around like, uh, I'm over here by your thigh when actually I need to be more to the left. That's a kneecap. That's not the vagina. Exactly. Right. So, um, they might look the, a, a provider over. All, I would say, would you agree, is not looking at the vagina while doing a vaginal exam. They're looking at the ceiling, looking to the side, or just not looking. They're thinking. They're really trying to not make eye contact with you because that's very awkward. Well, if they do, they look at you and say, is this okay? Is this right, sore? Yeah. They are, if you're making a noise, they're looking at it you like, are we okay? Do you need me to stop? Right. But it's not like... Not an awkward... It's more of a thinking. It's like gathering information. It's like... Usually visualizing what they're feeling. Absolutely. So what's a comparison? I don't know. If you've got a job where you do something where you um, you do it almost from memory, like my brain is thinking about this, but my, my body is automatic and my, my body has to process the information to my brain so I can make a, a decision. I have no comparison, but I, I was at either. a home birth once. <laughs> And a midwife was going to go check a cervix, and a partner was like, hey, do you need the lights on? And she was like, yeah, there's nothing I need to see. It's all feel. Yeah. Right? Because there, there's no flashlights up in there. No. Yeah. It, so it's it, all feel. You can't send the light in there. No, no, it's, no. You don't want to send the light. And also, okay, let's help people understand. It's different than getting your pap smear where they're using a speculum. Oh, no speculum There's here. no speculum. No, no, no. Gosh, I, I feel like that... That should be said from the very beginning, always. Like, all providers need to make that oh, really had, clear. At least I had no idea. I think a lot of people have no idea. No idea. I was like, oh, I don't want to have a vaginal, because they'll get out that speculum, and I hated that. And, like, no, 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 nope, no. Nope, not no. used. No, no, yeah. no, no. Okay, so the the, the first club, <laughs> you're going to have to keep you on track of remembering it's yeah, the club. the clubs. Um, the clubs. The first in the club, the clubhouse, um, is going to stay more modest and stay covered up. Now, what is that person going to wear? They might wear the hospital gown. Yeah, they might. Um, so there's a special thing about the hospital gown. They managed to find a color that is what I call the great equalizer. It is... Making everybody look just as awful as everybody else? Right, yes. Yeah. It is... It is always this this shade of blue that you can't or find green. ever. Yes, yeah. or mint green. But not it's not a, a shade of blue or mint green that you could ever find in in nature or in a store. That's or, why it's called hospital shade. <laughs> right. It's 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 really the great equalizer because nobody in the world could ever look good in this. And so it is the great equalizer. Everybody looks equally terrible. So you can get other hospital-type gowns that don't uh -huh. look like the Great Equalizer. 
at to stores win. and at stores. online yeah. proprietors. Oh, I love that oh. word. Oh, there you go. I'm a proprietor. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, you don't have to wear a hospital type gown thing. You could just wear whatever, general yep. t-shirt. If yep. you're planning for an epidural, you might need something that snaps up the back and over the shoulders and such. That's but, a little easier yeah. with cords and whatnot. And of course, if you're planning a home or a hospital birth, I'm sorry, a home or birth center. birth center birth, then of course you're wearing anything. Now, probably a little bit of a tip with that is that you're probably going to want to wear something that's fairly easy to get off because once um, you're, well, you might be in this club, that once you're pushing, you decided to actually take that shirt off for easier access to breastfeeding after baby is born. Um, so some folks like that, and it can be, I've heard people say, just get the scissors and cut this shirt off of me or the sports bra. Um, that can oh, also- I hate sports bras in labor. That uh, big, thick band trying to get it over your breasts. Ugh. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. okay, we've got the club number two, and that is the staying dressed but not giving a damn once you start pushing club. Oh. Yeah. These so, are long titles for these clubs. <laughs> club number two. we get our club shirts, we're not going to get the full names no. printed on the back of our shirts. No. Um, so this club might wear clothes, like, while arriving to their birthplace, if they're not birthing at home. <laughs> Have you ever seen a person walk into their birthplace naked? No, but certainly <laughs> in, a, in some Depends and our bathrobe, yeah. Yeah, okay. For sure. You just made it sound like some people arrive at their hospitals, <laughs> like, just start naked. Start naked. Here I am. Here we are. I'm ready. Just a pair of slippers. <laughs> Groupie socks. Groupie <laughs> socks are really important for birth. Um, except I don't Not like groupie. Rings. You said grippy. Grippy, not okay, groupie. Yeah. Sorry. I'm a, yeah. little, I'm a little nasally. You are. I think it's from the airplane. Clear it out. Come on. <laughs> it's as hot in Thailand in here. That's why. That's for sure. <laughs> um, okay. So this this uh, club here is probably totally cool with the bathroom door staying open when they go pee or totally cool with pooping with the bathroom door open. They're cool with burping. They're cool with all the like less modest stuff in labor. And then once it's time to push, who cares? They don't care. They're um, hot and bothered and they do not want any textiles on their skin. Nope, nope, no. All right. And then there is the third club. And the third club likes the naked stage of labor and decides to start the naked stage of labor at the beginning of labor, in the early labor stage. They're so fine. That that would be my That's club. You. Yeah. Um, yes. So I did wear clothes in in um, early labor. Uh, but I do remember, so in my first birth, I had this kind of like longer cardigan that I wore as kind of a robe. It was thin and it felt good. Um, so in my second, I was hot and I wanted to go outside and I had a baby in November in Seattle oh. and I was like oh I'm so warm I want to go outside so all I had was like a short cardigan and oh. I was like I'll just put that on so I put on just a short cardigan oh, and wow. put it on and walked outside it was like this is so hot and turned around and or cold and turned around and walked inside okay it was a little stormy outside so um yes so being naked outside didn't work out so well for me yeah um yeah, so some people really don't care. I, I should say I was at home yeah. birthing. I was yeah. not naked at a hospital. That'd be awkward. That would have been super awkward. So there are your three clubs. Um, now, everybody's got their comfort zone when it comes to modesty, and it is totally okay to switch clubs at any 
toy during labor. I like that. And I feel like I see this all the time. The fluid clubs. There's a lot of fluidity between these clubs. There's probably fluid happening, and there's fluid movement. There's fluid movement. There is fluid. There's fluidity. It is a very fluid there is, club. There is movement between clubs. There is there's bowel movements. There is movement. <laughs> there is fluid movement. And there's movement between the clubs. Wow. Okay. All of that is happening between the clubs, which is why it's really important that you can have some fluidity between these clubs. Yeah. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Are you still with us? Excellent. So one thing, that, <laughs> one thing that also comes to mind is that um, some of this fluid movement in uh, joining one club and then joining another is temperature. So it's December and you, most of America at least, is fairly chilly in December. And so um, the hormones involved with birth, depending on what the outside temperature is, you can feel hot or cold. Like even if it's... Um, even if it's December, you're like, I am so hot and bothered. Somebody get me a cool washcloth. I need it for my forehead or my neck. I'm just hot. I can't get cool enough. Okay. And it could be the middle of the summer and that same thing. And you get the chills. Is, yeah, exact opposite is happening where you're like, oh, I'm so cold. Put a blanket on me. And so, then five minutes later, it's like switch it up again, right? Exactly. So yeah. that that we're going to um, we're gonna give all the credit to hormones, um, including adrenaline. Yep. Um, should we name other hormones? Well, I mean, other oxytocin too, right? Yeah, and it's endorphins. True. It's all part of it. Yeah. Right. So here's the thing: is you know, everyone's got their own comfort zone when it comes to modesty, but labor and parenthood is really a time when there's this expectation of bearing it all to the world and and really to medical professionals in birth too. Yeah. And it, it, it sort of seems like the norm, and you don't have to. Right. But there's something to be said about you know, getting used to letting go to whatever extent that you feel comfortable uh, because this is a time where we do become a bit more exposed. Um, there is a good chance that you're going to do some breastfeeding out in the world. You yeah. know, we're hopefully not going to be breastfeeding in bathrooms. Um, baby steps. Right. Baby steps. Baby steps. And, and again, you know, doing it as you feel comfortable, but you know, finding finding those places where you feel comfortable to make those little yeah. shifts into a different club, if that feels right to you. But knowing that you might be breastfeeding a little mm-hmm. bit out into the world, and chances are that you're going to have some years where every time you go to the bathroom, you've either got somebody in there with you, whether that's a tiny person in a bouncer or a toddler with their fingers under the door, shaking it, going, mom, 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 mom. Yeah. You know, I still, <laughs> I was taking a bath the other night, and my girls were on the edge of the bathtub chatting with me, like, taking the water and putting it on their arms and, like, slowly trying to get their feet in the bathtub. And I'm like, how many How many can we fit into the bath? And I'm yeah. like, wow, this is not very relaxing, but it yeah. is sure funny. Yeah. You know, so there's not, there's not a lot of privacy or modesty there. Well, I want to um, not disagree with you, but I want to speak to um, maybe someone who has a little bit more my experience or personality who hearing you say all that is like feeling a little overwhelmed. Oh, okay. Bring it on, Jen. I love this. We, we can disagree through this we whole are. episode. It's yeah. okay. It's yeah. okay. And I'm thinking this person is like, I really don't like doing unclothed. 
I'm just particularly around other people. I one of my biggest fears is being in a hospital setting where people are just coming in and out and I'm exposed and how that might affect me and how it might make me feel uncomfortable because I listen to you people on your podcast and you're like talking about how you need to feel comfortable and like lean into labor and not have fear and all the stuff that you say. And then now you're telling me that I got to get, um, I got to be okay with being naked and people coming in and out. Mm. What the heck are you even talking about? So, um, if you're feeling any of those things, um, I, I want to, two, two different paths we can take in this. Oh yeah. Um, first it could be, there's some unresolved stuff going on for you with, um, maybe some inappropriateness of the way you've been treated in your past and you're a survivor and you are strong and amazing. And I want to encourage you to find um, some resources in your local area or reach out to us to talk about um, some ideas of how you can feel in control of this birth situation. Okay? So I'm speaking to those folks. And then I'm speaking to the other folks who are just like, I'm just not comfortable with that. I just don't like being naked. I just don't like it. And I want to reassure you that baby steps here, you're probably going to feel a little different in labor than you do in your everyday life. And there, that is a place of like, trust the process. So if you're not in the camp of being a survivor, but more in the camp of, um, I'm, I'm just kind of generally uncomfortable being naked. Um, I have to tell you first group shower I took was in, uh, Korea. And I was like, how old was I? 20, 21. And I go to this conference and there is no individual shower <laughs> at all. And so here I am mortified because I'm in this big room. I would go in the middle of the day thinking nobody else would be in there. And then like I'd see the two people I knew at the whole place, right? And by the end of the week, I embraced it and I like, got a little more comfortable with it. I'm like, well, we're not staring at each other and everybody else meaning that's the Korean culture, seems to be more at peace with doing this. So how do I kind of go, maybe I can do this, right? So I think for, for us who have not experienced some of those things and have not been raised in a family where there is very much body visibility or we've got some hangups, um, I think I see you. And I want to reassure you that labor tends to be different than your everyday life. And you're probably going to feel a little different um, and be okay with it. Yep. So let that not be a place of fear and trembling and more of a place for being in the moment and having the choices that feel best to you, having the lap blanket, keeping the clothes on. All of that is absolutely fine. You get to be in control of those things. But also don't be surprised if you're like, I cannot have this on me. Take it off. I need to just birth or be laboring without any clothes on because I'm too hot or overstimulated by even textile textures on myself. Okay, so let's talk about action with that for okay. uh, club number one. Let's, let's think about ways to put club number one in control of okay. their exposure here so we talk about the lap blanket so it's really hard to be in labor and in the moment and making sure you have a, a lap yep. blanket and advocating for that so making sure that somebody on your team is making sure that that lap blanket is available and that you're always covered up because sometimes medical providers are not making sure that that yep. is happening because Absolutely. they're busy doing their other things that they need to make sure is done like 
making sure everybody is healthy and safe. So whether that is a doula or a friend or family member that's with you at your birth, making sure that somebody's always making yep. sure that you're covered up, that you're not exposed, that there's a lap blanket, that um, if when baby comes to your chest after baby's born, that you're then have a blanket over baby so your breasts aren't exposed. Yeah. Things like that that you can do. Making sure that you bring more than one outfit to wear during yeah. labor in case your water breaks. Then you've got some uh, on your clothes that you can be covered up. Putting this in your birth plan that you yeah. want to stay covered up. So uh, we do hear you. You do you. Absolutely. And then kind of the flip side of that, if you're like, I don't care. I want to be naked. You know, there might be somebody that wants to cover yeah. you up. And it is okay to say, no, I don't want that on me. Yeah, And awesome. I've, all, I've seen the flip side of that where there's been hospital staff or providers who kind of do put that on somebody. And it's okay to say, like, no way. I don't yeah. want that touching me right yeah. now. I don't like that on me. And I, I think it comes back to this, you do you. Yeah. And it's okay to do you. I'm thinking of, um, so a lot of you guys know that um, Elise and I both did um, midwifery school and um, during my second year of midwifery school I had went to see a provider for myself um, for something we don't need to go into details here right and um, she knew that I was a student because we were talking about that and so on and then she's like oh and why don't I get a mirror so you can watch me doing what I the provider so I could see my own body during this um, interaction. And she was like, oh, you probably don't want a lap blanket, do you? And I said, no, actually, I really would, thank you. I don't need a mirror, that's fine. No thanks. So even in that moment, like it is one thing for me to be a student learning about um, the human body and what it does and procedures and all of that. And it was a totally different thing where I needed to take a bit of power and actually say, no, that's not who I am. I am not somebody who wants to see something done to my body. And yes, I would like to be covered. And I'm really glad in retrospect that I spoke up because I felt a little like an idiot for asking for that. Um, but it's no, I was being true to myself and my own process. So I think it really comes back to be confident about being you. Um, but I think also you might find that there's some change about your comfortability with doing things um, in the postpartum period. There is often um, uncovered breasts as you nurse, right? And you're figuring that out. Now you also get to be in control of that. Yep. Um, it was, you know, 12 hours after I'd had a baby and my baby started crying and we had some visitors and my husband says, oh yeah, it looks like she wants a feed. And I was hoping the visitors would take the, you know, clue that they should leave and they kind of started to. And my husband said to them, no, you don't have to go. She's just uh. going to give the baby a feeding. And I was like, ah, and they picked up on the cue and they stepped outside well, I wasn't comfortable trying to figure out how to breastfeed for like the second time in front of visitors, right? And I'm not throwing my husband under the bus. He comes from a culture where um, breastfeeding is much more a part of, um, I don't know, it's seen more and it's not as embarrassingly viewed, et cetera, as maybe American culture, we want to cover up our breasts. So that is where I was at in my story. And um, I think it's it's okay Make sure in in safeguarding yourself, be true to what you're feeling in a moment and allow it to evolve. Now, 
I was that person sitting on the toilet a couple weeks postpartum breastfeeding in a public spot, but on a toilet, and it was terrible. Oh, no. And not good for the healing of no uh, the sitting parts. So I, I want to encourage also to think about how do we... How do you figure out how to maybe your uncomfortability with like covering, but still not having to sit on a toilet in a bathroom in a public space to breastfeed? Well, and I think that's the whole point here is that this is all about you doing you and what feels right for you and your body. And this isn't about shaming and, you know, modesty is wrong or, um, being uncovered is about being an exhibitionist because obviously that's not the point in labor either. This is about what feels best and helpful in getting your baby out. Because if you don't feel, if you don't feel great covered or uncovered or wherever you're at, it's not going to help you move along in labor. So you have to feel the best in your body. So that's, that's the whole point behind this. And so, um, which kind of leads me to what made me think of this topic quite a while ago. I was having a conversation with a friend and um, it came up that there is a particular brand, which I shall not name, of labor gowns. And it suggests that one might be pretty in labor Um, in there. Which there's nothing wrong with. No, it's if you totally want to okay feel to be pretty, but it, it's suggesting that you it, should be, you should be, uh, and the goal is not matter. that you have to be pretty in labor, and so you know this isn't about being ladylike or and we're using quote words here, right? Ladylike or um, looking good, yeah. But if you want to feel like if so. Uh, hmm. How well, do we confessed right before this that we both actually wore makeup when we gave totally. birth? Like I often joke that I home birth and red lipstick, and I mean I love wearing makeup, so that's yeah. uh, that made me feel strong. It wasn't about making me, you know, be pretty in labor. That was about me yeah. feeling like me and feeling strong. So you do what feels strong and powerful to you. It is okay to grunt and squat and fart and burp and vomit in labor. <laughs> it that those all happen. They yeah. might not all happen to you, but they might all happen. Right. Right? You I mean, certainly you're going to burp. Everybody burps in labor. Yeah. That's just the deal. Burping happens in yeah. labor. Most people are going to fart. Most people are going to poop. Yeah. Right? I mean, often you vomit often you vomit it's a lot happening in your body at once and sometimes nausea is what happens and you feel better after you throw up but um i think that what we're trying to convey is there you don't have to look good for the sake of looking good and we're not bashing those who um are i i was once at a birth with somebody who um had been in early labor they chose to get in an epidural and um then she's like wow i'm feeling really good i'm actually gonna put on my makeup and i was like awesome you awesome why not and she was kind of making fun of herself and i was like no why it's okay you're doing what feels best to you right now do it you know so we're not bashing people that want to look good their sense of looking good i don't want to label that because it's that more about doing it to feel empowered rather yeah. than keeping up with this is the way I should look good. 
you know right. that's there's a major difference there isn't there there um, is there ab- absolutely is so do what feels strong and and powerful so um yeah so know that it's about being it's about being womanlike right because womanlike is getting the baby out okay we're getting practical because okay. we know how you guys love some practical tips um, the first thing that I'm thinking of, um, Elise already said it, but maybe think about bringing a couple of different outfits. So let's say you show up in, um, we're going to go with you're at a hospital or a birth center, and you show up in some baggy, cottony, yoga-ish pants that are baggy. Flowy. Flowy there we go. Well, Not you're baggy. baggy. I was like, geez, Jen. Boho, uh, you know, baggy. No. Oh, you're not. Wait, flowy. Boho, baggy. Boho, baggy. Boho, Chloe. Like yeah, you no. did that one day. No, no, we're not going there. I learned my lesson that day. So you show up in your flowy pants, and on top, you might have, let's say, the sports bra underneath. No, and... stop. Stop with the sports bra, Jen. No more sports bras. Okay. You guys, uh, just just what? for a moment, would you please visualize a sports bra? Okay, so regular, can... stop, regular stop. bra? We're going to have a, a, a moment of visualization, okay? Oh, okay. Mm. Okay, big band of elastic underneath your breasts. Baby uh, comes out, and then someone's got to pull that up. Oh, awkward. Ow. Oh, yeah. Right? That just, like, yanks your boobs up. It's, just, it's awkward as a doula when I've, done, I've had to it. help people. I hate it. I feel people. like I'm just like, oh, my gosh. I can't even. I'm so sorry. Are there descriptive yeah. words for what no. happens to no. breasts when they get yanked up? You're with, just holding your breasts right am, now am, in, I like, I am cupping oh. and tenderly, <laughs> tenderly keeping them from being right now. yanked. Yeah. Okay, so... <laughs> Maybe not wearing a sports bra. How about a um, a bra? You know I saw a regular once? bra. One of the like the uh, yes the tubes. Yes. The what is it called? The like the the belly bands that oh. you wear in the beginning with your yeah. jeans, but wearing that with as your top. Oh, or Target, who maybe should sponsor our podcast for sure. Just saying, <laughs> um, they have really great like the spaghetti strap oh, tank tanks. tops, but they have the shelf inside. Oh, so a shelf it's, bra is yeah. totally cool. Yeah, like because that's easier tank, to get out. That's that works. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so that's your no your, large elastic band. Your, Otherwise, you have your own free will in picking <laughs> what you wear. But I forbid you. From wearing a large elastic band. Okay, under don't your... listen to her. You're fine. It's okay. No, you're not. You're, you're, I we mean, agree to disagree. Your boobs will thank me. Okay, so you show up to your birth like site, and you're wearing like that little tank toppy thing, and the flowy pants, and probably a sweatshirt, or if it's like warm, or you're working hard, no sweatshirt. And then your water hasn't broken yet, and you're like doing your like you're you're figuring it out. You got your your rhythm going, but your water breaks. Oh. Uh, what are you putting on? There goes the flowy pants. You can't wear them anymore. They're all wet. So what are you going to put on? Depends. Sure. It does depend. Or, yeah, exactly. Then if you're in club two, you're just wearing depends on the bottom right. and nothing else. If you're in club one. Well, maybe maybe tier three. Club three. Club three might just be wearing depends and grippy socks. True. But club two might be in some depends and like a sports <laughs> ha ha! See that tank, a shelf tank top. Shelf tank top. Or um, club one might be like, oh, let's go ahead and grab another pair of pants or a long like um, Ooh, nightgown. What, about, what are those bralettes? Sorry. Oh yeah, bralette works. Bralette. Too. Okay, okay, sorry. Okay, so sorry. you just it back. you just remembered that word. <laughs> I'm proud of you. 
Is it peach or something? Bralette. Anyway, um, so then you need to make sure if you're in club one or two that you brought a couple of those flowy pants and or a, um, what do you call it, like a nightgown or yeah. um, thinking about like a long dress. Yeah, like some, um, like a maxi dress, something stretchy, like a jersey dress or a skirt. Also, shout out to Old Navy. We love... <laughs> I wow. feel like they've always We're got just like given all the promotions away. I feel today. like they've always got the like plain black dress. Maxi. You know, I was there the yes. other day though, and I was Did like, they? "There's nothing good to birth in around here." Oh man, I'm always looking for something good to birth. They're letting in. us down. Or you guys, there is nothing wrong with wearing that if you're at the hospital. That hospital Great gown. Great equalizer. I don't. Oh. You can wear it's it. So scratchy. It. Not always. Stop listening to Elise. You can wear it. <laughs> There you go. Okay. Don't listen now, to the podcaster. Now, whatever tier you're in, if you're at club. home, sorry, club, if you're at home, you're wearing whatever because you're in your own house. It's all good. Um, okay. Another you thought pick here. Your outfit. You might feel like there's an outfit that makes you feel really strong That's and powerful. True. Good. Wear that. It's really important to think about what makes you feel really like a badass. Yeah. Okay. So another thing to think about packing if you're leaving your house to have your baby is maybe some like bikini tops. If you're in club one or two and you decide to get into the tub or the shower. Those bralettes and tanks also work. They do. But you're going to want to have more than one. Because here's the deal. You get out of the shower or the tub and now your bra's all wet and you, my friend, are going to get cold. You need to take that bra thingy off, dry off. And then put something else on. Right. And it can't be that wet one. And you might want to get back in and you don't want to put the wet thing back oh, on. Because the, the only worst. thing worse than wet jeans is a wet bra. Oh, that's the worst. I know. Wet underwear. Oh. Oh, yeah. No. no. You don't want to do that. Don't put anything wet back on again. No. So there are your practical But you're tips. not wearing underwear in the tub. No, well, even club one is even probably one. not wearing any bottoms in the tub. So let's talk about this club one. Yeah. Typically, you're not wearing any bottoms in. But I will tell you, I yeah. did work with somebody who was like a hardcore club oneer. Yeah. And we wrapped a towel around her. Good. And Great. we didn't have a safety pin, but we fashioned something out of Great. a clothespin. Awesome. But if you're really feeling solid on a on something in there then then bring oh gosh bring a bring a, a dress that you can get into the water in like bring something i'm thinking uh, yeah hmm yeah i mean if you need your full body covered yes for, she she if needed you, to have her body covered if you don't need your full body covered then think about like um bikini bottoms or even underwear but yeah. then just bring a couple of extra pairs for her of underwear. she needed to have more coverage sure. than just top yeah. and bottom because yep. That was her needs. That's but, great. Um, for you, you know, so decide where you're at in in our club category and decide what needs to be covered and bring it. Okay, so I think to wrap this up just a little bit, we gave you some practical. Um, you're going to potentially really change and develop um, in your thoughts and feelings around this topic as you um, grow in your role as a mom. Absolutely. I think that there's um, going to be less uh, discomfort with being unclothed 
as you um, are interacting with your baby. I think there's something about having a baby, whether you're breastfeeding or um, bottle feeding, about that baby being close to you and having a non-sexual intimate relationship with someone that you are so deeply in love with. And that might be very different than something you've experienced before, right? Um, and that type of touch, um, even if you're, let's say, nervous about breastfeeding, because that seems like, whoa, that seems like such an intimate thing. I'm not sure if I'm going to be comfortable with that. I'm speaking to you. Um, it's, it's amazing the dynamic that can change after you birth a baby. And it's okay to feel some of those feelings of apprehension. Um, totally speaking from personal (laughs) experience here of like, I'm not sure that's weird. I'm not sure if I want to breastfeed a baby. And then it wasn't for me. And I'm, I'm sharing my personal experience here of it, it feeling natural and different than any other, um, touch experience that I'd had on that part of my body before way different. So I guess what we're saying is keep your mind open because you might be a bit surprised on how you feel about modesty and doing all the not so modest things in front of people and birth and dreaming. So a couple of quick things we want to shout out before we say goodbye. Shout, shout. Shout, shout. Um, check us out on Instagram, Pushing It Podcast on Instagram. Jen has been amazing Aww. and hard at work while I've been on Thank vacation. You. Check out all the hard work she's done and give us a little shout out there. And then check us out on Patreon. We are now available on Patreon for you to access us on a whole new level you can even get 30 minutes of face-to-face time with us on Zoom or Skype to ask us anything you want. Spend time with us. Get to know us. You can even write a birth plan with us. Um, or if you want, just send us your questions to have read on the air. Whatever feels right to you. Um, so check that out as well. We believe in you. Awesome. Okay. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.